Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Set Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jared. Down underneath, we have the one and only South Jersey Jason. How are you doing this week, sir? I am doing good. I'm battling a stupid lingering cough from when I was sick. Um, other than that, you know, I'm five by five. Uh, we're preparing for another storm here in Pennsylvania. You guys are already in a state of an emergency. Here, we're like, you guys are pussies. So, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm good. Uh, I'm trying to think, what have I been watching? Well, I've been continuing watching Creep Show on Shudder. I'm just about done season three. Uh, there's one more season, and I'll be all all caught up on that. Um, haven't watched any movies recently. Uh, I did finish the latest season of Fargo. Last night was the uh, uh, season finale. It's uh, in its fifth season. And this one, I think, is probably my favorite season to date. Uh, it stars Juno Temple. I can't think of any movies she's been in. Um, John Hamm from Mad Men. He plays the, the, the sheriff. Juno Temple is his ex-wife in hiding. Um, then you have Jennifer Jason Lee as her mother-in-law. And those three, those three actors really stood out i wouldn't be surprised if each of them got an emmy for next year mm. uh jennifer jason lee was just so cutthroat and um yeah so 10 episodes real you know what i was it, the, the the episodes went by so good that's how good the uh the show was you know just when it's done you're like oh i want more and uh so i and i started the first episode of true detective this past sunday with jodie foster where it's set in Alaska, um, and it's sort of like a thirty days and night scenario. Mm. And there's a, a murder at the um, research center. Like all the there's probably like I don't know twenty scientists, and they all disappear. So really good so far. What about you? I watched The Exorcist, uh, new one finally. Okay, I liked it. I had fun with it. I mean, I didn't understand all the fucking hate, but. I can see why people were upset, but expecting to hold up to the original is never going to fucking happen to begin with. So, yeah. And speaking of that, they lost their director. Yeah, they they shake hand them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they should shake hand uh, fucking Blum too. Yeah, that's not going to happen. He's making money because people yeah. keep going watching this shit. But I mean, yeah, but I, it's I, not I, to, I really to like the actors in it. Yeah, the actors all did a great job. And the woman who played the nurse, she plays uh, on Handmaid's Tale, um, Aunt Helen or whatever her name is. Like, So it was cool to see her in a different role because in her role in Handmaid's Tale, she is just so vicious. Um, but yeah, I, I liked Exorcist for what it was. Yeah, you I know, mean, um, it was a cool take. The The dad was awesome. I think he really yes. he really made the movie for me. Um, yeah, and you know it was a slow burn up until they started getting possessed. Yeah, like Ellen Burstyn being in it really had nothing to do with anything. Like I don't think they just did it because she was in the for first one for nostalgic yeah. purposes. And you know if they, I mean, if they didn't have the Exorcist in the title, it could have been another paranormal movie or possession movie, and I would have been I would have been fine with it. Yeah. Um, I just, I just hope you know. I mean, of course, you know. You, I wonder how much Linda Blair got paid for her little twelve cameo. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I've been watching uh, Weeds again. Very good show. If you guys haven't checked I'm that out, eventually watch. Not it. related, but it's it's really good. Uh, just she's she has been she's been in a couple things, but not. It was like lot. Mary Louise Parker. Yeah, her name. Yeah. yeah, but that role was just made for her, and she killed it. Is David Duchovny in it? No. He was in um, another good show. Californication. That was a fun show, too. Was it? Okay. God, it was so fun. It's out of this world funny. Like, it's out of this world concept, but it was funny. Gotcha. Um, What else? (laughs) Excuse me. I'm so sorry. I don't remember watching anything on the plane. Was there snakes on your plane? No, no snakes on this. But no you had a woman snake in the brochures. Yes, we did have a woman <laughs> sniffing the safety hazard card next to me. Like, um, what was she? Was she like? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very large woman. Um, 
she just picked up the sheet and then what the fuck are you doing you think she's also like the person that would go into wawa and like look at all the eggs in the carton maybe like in clerks <laughs> oh man the guidance counselor looking for yeah. the perfect egg yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to Anya. She's a latest uh, follower of ours. She was looking for a new podcast, and uh, not did I say nude? New podcast. So well, I, mean, I we can start. I mean, <laughs> if it helps, so I'll show some things. A, a, a long time friend of mine from grade school, and uh, she's looking for a new podcast to listen to while she's at work. And uh, I was like, you know, here you go. Here's a horror shed podcast. And she gave us a really nice review on yes, social media. Yeah, so it was very nice. Yeah, so thank you. And she, she you know, it was nice of her to share her friends. And we got two new subscribers since she shared that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, we're slowly getting up that ladder. We'll get there. Um, yeah. Uh, NJ Harkon in April. You see who they're announcing today? I think I did. Remind me. Okay, so they're already having a Hocus Pocus reunion. So I don't know the actors' names offhand, but... It's the brother, the little sister, the brother, the object of the brother, um, the hot girl yeah. um, from Ladybugs, and the guy who voiced Salem. Not Salem. Yeah, Salem. Uh, I think the cat's name was Salem. Binks. 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 Okay. Yeah, Salem was Sabrina. Oh, whatever. So they, they, he already, Ryan already announced them. And then today they're having like a Lost Boys reunion. The first person to announce was G. Tom Mack, who sung Cry Little Sister. One of my favorite um, soundtracks to his movie. Yeah. Yes. Um, Chance Michael Corbett, who played um, the kid, the little boy, yep. and Jason Newlander, who was one of the Frog Brothers. So, are we going to get Corey? He he does Jersey, so yeah. although he is torn with Limp Bizkit, so we don't know how that's <laughs> going to be. <laughs> I'm just excited for G. Tom Mack. I mean, I'm excited for. I love Lost Boys, yeah, but I wouldn't have enough money to get all their autographs. But I do have the the soundtrack on vinyl. So I would cool. love to get. I would love to get G. Tom. I listen to that randomly in my car. It's on the Haunt playlist. It's a. It's a great. It is song, and I have to give credit. I've heard Corey sing it at his concert. It's not bad. The choir part needs a little work. Okay, you hear that, Corey? Get on that, bro. <laughs> yes, Brian. You heard it here. Yeah, Brian um... Eminizer needs you to work on the chorus. <laughs> but how cool would it be if they had Tim Capella come? Yeah, wearing his cod piece. <laughs> mm -hmm. I I wouldn't put it. I, I bet that might happen. All right, so we'll do a quick convention reminders. When's the NJ Horrorcon? Oh gosh, put me on the spot now. Hold on, I have to go to Facebook. Give me one second. You um, these? I actually, you know what? I have it on my calendar. Hold on. Um, that would be um, shit. Uh oh, hold on. Oh, okay. April 19th, 20th, and 21st in Edison. Edison. Okay. So that's they the also, next. Yeah. They have a horror show side market in February in Pennsylvania. I think that's the 16th, following the Saturday following Valentine's Day. Okay. Um, he's announced a couple people so far. I just don't remember offhand, but today it was Tiffany Shepis was the. the yeah. The, I saw that. Yeah. And I hear, I haven't met her, but. She's all over the place. Uh, Chiller Theater. Uh, that's the last weekend in April, which would be um, 25th, I think. 25th, 26th, 27th, yeah. I think it is. And they're going off with a bang. Um, who they've when well, they, they've announced um, Captain Kurt, William Shatner himself, mm. um, Bruce McGill. He he's he's like a character actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, his one of his more famous roles was he was uh, in Animal House. Okay. Um, but he's been in Reacher the movie, Cinderella Man, uh, My Cousin Vinny, The Sum of All Fears, um, Helen Slater, Supergirl, Legend of Billie Jean, um, Walter Cohen, who played um, he was in Star Trek. I uh, don't remember his character's name. Uh, Chekhov. Chekhov. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, Griffin Dunn from American um, Werewolf in London. Yeah, I saw that. He was the, the, the guy who got eaten, the friend. And he's also the older brother of 
Patricia Dunn, the one who got murdered, his sister got murdered. Dominique Dunn, Dominique Dunn from Portergeist. Yeah, we did that. Mm -hmm. Covered that. Robert Brian Wilson from Silent Night, Deadly Night played oh, the killer. Yeah. And then Eric Freeman, who played the killer's younger brother in Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Garbage Day! Um, William Cat from Carrie, he was the prom date. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. So that's, yeah, that's really it so far. They just started announcing this week, and uh, I really, I would like to go to see, I want to meet the Silent Deadly Night actor. Because, you know, he, he's kind of a little bit rare in the community. Um, Monster Mania is coming out, but I don't discuss Monster Mania. I don't follow them. Um, you know, you and we have uh, I Heart Horror coming February 10th. Oh, yes. February, February 10th, right? 10th. Yes. In Sayerville, New Jersey. Your video um, froze, but I could still hear you. It's okay. Ah, oh, jeez. Um, sorry about that. So you can just go on my page, uh, I Heart Horror Part 2. It's a fundraising uh little horror event call it like a mini con they're gonna have live music they're gonna have vendors they did lock in patty mullen from frankenhooker and uh there'll be other horror authors i'll be in attendance as a cosplayer so yes and that's from 11 to 6 okay okay um Pretty not bad on the fly. <laughs> no, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, my memory's sort of going. I remember we wanted to give those guys a shout out, so keep reminding people that it's coming. Yes. Also, I just locked in for May 4th. I'm making my triumphant return to South Jersey at the Hamilton Mall. Oh. A uh, buddy of mine reached out to me, Mark Hills. He's actually the, the first photographer I started working with and he helped me get my brand out there. He got his LLC back, uh, Spark Novelty LLC, so he can do his own little events, um, you know, cosplay events and, you know, whatnot. So we're going to, I'm going to help him kick things off. Free comic book day at the Hamilton Mall hosted by Level Up Entertainment. They've been doing the free comic book day since like 2010 at the Hamilton Mall. It's sort of like a little comic book convention. It's one of two national comic book days uh uh comic book day and then halloween comic fest so the, it's a free event and if you want to be a vendor it's no cost uh and then they have a costume contest and there's door prizes and whatnot so mark's a photographer he's actually come out to the friday 13th events and and taken um photos you know to to uh for me and to share it but he has his green screen and everything so he's going to be doing a green screen for all cosplayers Ooh. so it'll be like myself some other cosplayers that uh work with him like there's a mandalorian guy there's a kick-ass spawn he had with him last year so uh, i'll be out there usually it's from like 10 to 6 so that's the first saturday in may may the 4th hamilton mall yeah. may the 4th be with you yeah <laughs> very cool excuse me all right. Um, any grind your gears before we kick off what you actually yes. tuned in for, people? Yes, real quick. Okay, this new trend on TikTok. It's like, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's like, the one I saw today is, we're from West Virginia. People uh, think we date our cousins. Yeah. Or, we're married. Work, or Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We work at a haunt. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't seen, there's a haunt one? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. That is the one that's like, ugh, I, some yeah, of these trends fan. are real, some of these trends are funny. Yeah. This one is very corny. Yeah, this one didn't hit home for me. It's, uh, like, yeah. it's, I don't know if it's, I'm not gonna call it funny, because it's not funny, but like, it's punny, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, whatever. Uh, who knows? Yeah, my. Well, uh... I I do have to give him a shout out. The West Virginia one, there was one funny segment, and he's like, "People think we date our cousins," and the guy's like, "You date your cousin?" <laughs> <laughs> so oh, what are we that's funny. Um, my uh, big gripe this week is with American Airlines. Fuck mm, you! What they do? What happened? Did All they right. get your pronouns wrong? I don't give a shit about my pronouns. <laughs> I don't have pronouns. Um, so I was flying to Kansas City Monday. It was supposed to depart at 6 o'clock, arriving there at 9. Enough time to get my car, my room, 
get comfy and go to work Tuesday morning. Well, I had a four-hour delay. Mm-hmm. Oh, So my then gosh. we had a four-hour delay. I'm not done. After that four-hour delay, we sat in a two-and-a-half-hour de-icing line. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take off till six-and-a-half hours later. What time was your flight supposed to leave? Six. Oh, so close to one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I landed about 2 a.m. Rental car place is closed. It's minus 15 degrees. Mm. I'm carrying a 52-pound uh, suitcase. Nearest hotel is three miles away. So I order an Uber. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Canceled. Fuck. Order a Lyft. Nothing. Canceled. Fuck. You walked. No, I didn't. I kept trying. And as I'm trying, my hand stops working because it's so fucking cold out. Oh, my gosh. So luckily, the lift pops in. The dude was there in 10 minutes and saved my life. I got to my room at 3 or 4 a.m. And then I um, went to work at 7. Actually, no. I did not go to work at 7. I took a shuttle from the hotel back to the airport to pick up my rental. And then I went to work. And then after that, I drove to Iowa, which was five hours away. Did the same thing. Got the hotel like 10 o'clock. Went to bed. Woke up. Crack ass of dawn. Did that job. Then drove back to Kansas City because the the Des Moines flight just took me to Kansas City, then Philly. I'm sorry. How long was your drive again? Five hours. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So then... I finally get to book my flight yesterday. Only thing to Philly was 6 a.m. Yeah. So I got to get up at 3 a.m. today. So, like, I have maybe 12 hours of sleep in the last four days. What's the time difference between an hour? An hour is only an hour. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> and then um, I, uh, I got to go to Alaska. When is that? I'm doing that uh, last week in February. It's a, uh, yeah. And I can't combined like you can't just go to google flights i have to do this myself so i'm flying to seattle on monday okay six and a half hours then i'm flying from seattle to fairbanks alaska five hours on the next day yeah is it gonna be like nighttime i think it's nighttime all year right now all That's day awesome Watch yeah, out for vampires. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling this. I'm, I'm really say hi to Sarah Paulin. dude. That's well. <laughs> what is that? Twelve hours on a plane? It's, mm. it's ridiculous. But so that's grinding my gears. American Airlines, kiss my ass. Um, Kansas City Airport, kiss my ass. I oh, know it's four degrees outside, but there's no reason it has to be ninety-one in the terminal. Ninety-one fucking degrees. Instantly fucking dripping at 3.30 in the morning. Oh, why? God. Fucking did it why? Hit you, did it hit you like a wall? Yeah. Yeah. And I even... The, the airport's gorgeous. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of cool... They have a Lego store. I was in a Lego store at 3 o'clock this morning. That And it was open. That's awesome. Right. I was shocked they were open. So is it, is it like on par to like say Miami airport or something? That's oh, better. Really? That's wow, cleaner. Nice prettier you would think they wouldn't have it that hot because wouldn't that make people sick going right in there yeah know? i don't i don't know but i did walk like a sharper image had a thermostat it was 89 degrees that, yeah like guys i get it it's cold but 75 is fucking fine oh and i'm, I'm r.i.p your eagles sorry not sorry well, i told you that was gonna happen <laughs> i called yeah it. yeah Nothing did you get know. to watch it on the plane i did were- i did actually Okay. Um, well, I wasn't on the plane. I was sitting on right. the fucking runway. But yeah, yeah I got to watch the uh, all the game before we even got to the icing. Nice. Okay. I watched an entire football game before the icing. <sighs> but yeah, it was dreadful. And I'm glad it's over. And we'll see what happens with next season. Yeah. But we got the Phillies coming. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, guys. True crime episode. These are always a lot of fun. It's been a while. It has been. We were due. Yes. Um yes. Boy so, in the box. Yeah. I you know, I'm trying to remember when I first heard about this, and it was like, I don't know if it was like unsolved mysteries. I think you for or... me it was unsolved mysteries. Because yeah. then I remember later they did that show Cold Case. Okay. And then this was one of those episodes, I think. 
Right. So I'm not going to give his name when, you know, I'm not going to give his name out right now because... Well, it's on the, um... No, I did not put it on the thumbnail, so go ahead. Okay, yeah, uh, because they actually just discovered his name last year, and but I'll give his birthday. He actually just celebrated a birthday, and we have video of that. So the Boy in the Box is a case out of Philadelphia, uh, and it's, you know, unfortunately, the common person may not be aware of this unless you live in Philly or you watched Unsolved Mysteries, but this is still an unsolved murder. Um, 71, no, uh, seven, uh, four, 67 years mm -hmm. after his death. So, um, cause he was found dead February, uh, 1957. So, um, yeah. Um, so, I remember seeing clips here and there about it, and this is not the first case of a boy being found in a box, but for the East Coast anyway, it's it was a, real, a big I deal. Would, I would put it up there with the Lindbergh, just about the Lindbergh. Yeah, baby. that's a good story we should talk about. We'll get into that. It was yeah. a Jersey story, mm-hmm, and a lot of and Lindbergh was. I mean, there's a lot of interesting Lindbergh. shit about Charles Lindbergh. Yes, yes, he wasn't that great doting person you think he was. Um. All right, so his body was found in 1957, and um, he has he was uh, they gave him there's two nicknames for him: the boy in the box or America's unknown child. Was an American four year old male whose nude, malnourished, beaten body was found on the side of Susquehanna Road in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on February 25th, 1957. My birthday. Oh, your birthday? Meat, 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 uh, meat fest. Can't wait for that. Twenty fourth, uh, by the way. That sucks. You're the twenty uh, fourth. Your your birthday. You share a birthday with his death. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I, that I share a birthday with the Iraq War too. The first one. My uh, former supervisor. She shares a birthday with nine eleven. So. Oh uh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Right, I, um, so it's yeah. uh the start of the Iraq War, February twenty fifth, nineteen ninety one. We dropped the bomb through a chimney. I remember that. I was watching 21 Jump Street when the news broke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So the boy in a box appeared to have been cleaned and freshly groomed with a recent haircut and trim fingernails, although he had suffered extensive physical attacks prior to his death with multiple bruises on his body. He was also severely malnourished. His body was covered with scars, some of which were surgical, most notably on his ankle, groin, and chin. Authorities believe that the cause of death was homicide by blunt force trauma. Despite the publicity and sporadic interest throughout the years, the boy's identity remained unknown for over half a century. On November 30th, 2022, the Philadelphia Police Department announced that detectives had determined the boy's identity using DNA and genealogical databases. And we'll get into that in a little bit. On December 8th, 2022, more than 65 years after his body was found, he was publicly identified. Despite the identification, the exact circumstances leading to his death are uncertain, and the case is still considered an open homicide investigation. So, okay, so, you know, there's thousands of cold cases. Yep. What do you have to do as a detective to be put on a cold case? Is that an honor, or, like, did you... I think how I would do it if I was in charge of the police... Mm -hmm. Every detective would have a certain amount of cold cases that they got to look into at least okay. once a month. You know what I mean? Make a call. Do something. Especially with the changes in DNA. Like, yeah. it's remarkable now. And this is a case of one of those. Yeah. Um, but at what point do they say, you know what, we're going to close it? Like, I don't think they just you can close ever close it. I guess on a murder, but they did the FBI... Formerly, a couple of years ago, closed the D.B. Cooper case. The FBI, but did yeah. they close it? They they did, and then there was still news, like people finding things out after the fact. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's officially closed. All right, so discovery of the body. Um, on February twenty fifth, nineteen fifty seven, the boy in the box's body was wrapped in a plaid blanket was found in the woods off Susquehanna Road in Fox Chase, Philadelphia. Uh, it's now a development. And we'll, we'll show video of uh, like the memorial that was made as well. 
Uh, the body was discovered by a young man who has who was checking his rabbit traps fearing that the police would confiscate his traps he did not report what he had found a few days later a college student spotted a rabbit running into the underbrush knowing that there were animal traps in the area he stopped his car to investigate and discovered the body he was also reluctantly reluctant to have any contact with the police but he did report what he had found the following day after hearing of the disappearance of mary jane barker the naked body was inside a cardboard box that had once contained a bassinet of the kind sold by J.C. Penney. The boy in the box's hair had been recently cropped, possibly after death, as clumps of hair clung to the body. There were signs of severe malnourishment, as well as surgical scars on the ankle, groin, and an L-shaped scar under the chin. Uh, investigation so that's weird. So that would say that they cut his hair as they were torturing them or killing them or whatever they did to this little guy I, yeah i think the way i look at it i think they did the cutting like they cleaned like after they did all this they cleaned them up and maybe give him a haircut you know to look like a, a doll maybe but who knows you yeah, could be right you know i mean can you imagine what type of monster it takes i mean what kind of monster does it take to kill just a human being but to kill a child an infant a five-year-old like know. what 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 the harm is a five-year-old doing actually as i was eating there tonight on the news uh scott peterson is trying they're trying to say he didn't kill his uh lacy and the baby they're trying to get him like an appeal or something like that you know 20 more than 20 some years later i mean like this this guy's a scumbag you know he needs to just like go away and die i mean you are a truly the devil's spawn if you kill your wife and your your children like that guy that i don't know how long ago it was killed his wife and his three kids put him in a barrel and like left it at where he worked at or something no he put one? them in a abandoned oil field oil field yeah, yeah but it was like gonna but yeah like that i mean chris something i forget that yeah and then like the guy it. not too long ago that executed all three of his kids yeah you know like there's a special place in hell for people like this yeah. you know uh, I even, you know, even think the worst of the worst would be down there, like, you know, like uh, we'll say Ted Bundy's down there waiting for him, you know. Hopefully. Okay, so in investigation prior to identification, the police received the report and opened investigation on February 26, 1957. The dead boy's fingerprints were taken and police at first were optimistic that he would soon be identified. However, no one ever came forward with the unusual information. The case attracted considerable media attention in Philadelphia and the Delaware well, Valley. I'll, I'll time out real quick. Yeah. You know, we were one of the first classes to have our fingerprints done when we were in school. That started really? like with us. Because I think it started in the 80s. Yes, I remember doing it. I remember going, it was at. Um, I had it done. The Shore I, Mall. <laughs> oh, no, I had it done in school. Like it was part of oh, kindergarten. Oh, yeah. No, I remember we, you know it. Did we do it in school? No. How I think the police department was doing something to Shore Mall, like an outreach program. And I remember my mom taking me there because uh, you know who was there? McGruff the crime dog. Oh McGruff. <laughs> Shout out to McGruff, wherever you may be. Um, and I remember getting my 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 uh, fingerprints. So that was 86. Yeah. So yeah, and we're probably around. I don't know what happened to them. They're probably around there somewhere. But yeah, I wonder when um yeah, I wonder like when it actually like I mean in school. So you said in the eighties, nineties. Yeah, or well, mid later eighties. So they had the police department come with like secretaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Did you like run away? Did you like thing get me? <laughs> I was too young to be this cynical. I I ain't being put in the system. <laughs> <laughs> now you ain't put me in the system. You ain't getting uh, my DNA. Twenty three and me ain't fucking happening over here. I'm interested in doing that. I want to do that. I want to see what I'm made of. Uh, I'm never doing it. I know I'm a Mick. I'm a. There's just no way I'm not Irish. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Philadelphia Inquirer printed 400,000 flyers depicting the boy's likeness, which were sent out and posted across the area and were included with every gas bill in Philadelphia. The crime scene was combined over and over again by 270 police academy recruits who discovered a man's blue corduroy cap, a child's scarf, and a man's white handkerchief with the letter G in the corner. Excuse me, all clues that led nowhere. The police also distributed a post-mortem 
photograph of the boy fully dressed and in a seated position as he may have looked in life in the hope it might lead to a clue. In 1998, his body was exhumed for the purpose of extracting DNA, which was obtained from a tooth. On March 21, 2016, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children released a forensic facial reconstruction of the victim and added him into their database. The body was then exhumed yet again in 2019 to retrieve additional DNA samples. Uh, so do you want to uh, do one of the videos of the identification? All right. We're doing um, which video do you want to do? I have DNA reveal, name reveal, and birth. Oh, the D DNA first. Yes. I put them all in order. For I got you. you. I got them in all order. Right. Look at us. Teamwork. <laughs> NBC 10 breaking news. That breaking news at 5 o'clock, a major break in the case of the boy in the box. More than six decades since an unidentified boy was found dead and abandoned in Philadelphia, police believe they finally have a name. Thank you for joining us here at 5 o'clock. I'm Jim Rosenfield. And I'm Tracy Davidson. The NBC10 investigators have been following this case of America's unknown child. Investigative reporter Claudia Vargas shows us how those working the case came to their conclusion. Claudia? Right, Tracy. Well, we first broke the news about the developments in the Boy in the Box case more than a year ago. Now, sources tell us police have a name and they know who the boy is related to. For decades, generations of detectives have tried to figure out who was the boy in the box. The longest continuously investigated homicide in the history of the Philadelphia Police Department. The case has also been investigated by the VDOC Society, a volunteer organization co-founded by Bill Fleischer. The society is made up of retired law enforcement and forensic professionals who examine cold cases. A lot of people took up interest in this. The boy, estimated to be about six years old, was found dead in a cardboard box. Police at the time said he had been beaten. His body was found in February of 1957 in a field off Vary Road and Susquehanna Road in the city's Fox Chase neighborhood. Fox Chase was very rural up there. Now, the area is developed with homes, but a marker still serves as a reminder of the boy without a name. He was one of these throwaway forgotten children. Until now. Sources tell the NBC10 investigators that through DNA evidence, police have been able to identify the boy, even finding the child's birth certificate. Authorities are expected to announce that name at an upcoming news conference. We spoke with Philly Homicide Captain Jason Smith last year, just as detectives were on the verge of breaking the boy in the box case. There have been rapid developments as it pertains to that investigation. Smith says he can't discuss the new revelation ahead of the scheduled news conference, but he previously said that identifying the boy is just the beginning. The investigation will start all over again and then we'll start searching for a suspect. Throughout the years, numerous leads and theories have emerged as to who the boy was and what happened to him. We thought maybe he was Hungarian, came over in 56 when they had the Hungarian Revolution. We had all these these theories thought maybe he was a military. There are some similarities to these pictures, um, enough similarity that I think is worthy of further investigation. Most of those tips and theories have been debunked. Just no match, no match. The boy's body has been exhumed twice and each time DNA has been extracted. According to sources, it's the most recent DNA sample that finally led investigators to the boy's identity. And those sources say the DNA traced the boy to a prominent family in Delaware County. The boy's headstone at Ivy Hill Cemetery reads, America's unknown child. But it could soon have the boy's name on it. And police are planning a news conference for next week to release more information. I also know that you found out that the investigation led detectives to other states, various states. Do we know what they found there? Yeah, so that's the one thing about this investigation. It's really spanned decades, and police have been following every single lead that they've gotten. Yeah. And it's taken them to states like Tennessee, where a family there actually provided a DNA sample. Turned out it wasn't a match, but nevertheless, they've just gone everywhere. And little did we know that turns out, at least from where we're being told so yeah. far, that it's from a family here in our area. DNA so key in mm -hmm. this case, and we expect to know again who this family is next week, right? Correct. That's, there's a planned news conference, and we expect to know more details, including how they use the DNA to trace the family. Claudia, thank fascinating. you. It is. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Why do they make her stay into the side like that, like an inferior reporter? That's kind of <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. But thank you, NBC, for that video. That's not our property. Yeah. NBC yep. owns the rights to that. We just used it to show off. Um, do you want to get yeah. to the name video? Yeah, so um, 
they said in the following week they'll have the name. Actually, it didn't happen until uh, January 19th of 2023, so like two months after the fact. Yes. Yep. All right, let's go to it. Tracy and Jackie, it was a combination of old school detective work and the latest technology and DNA that gave the boy back his name. His story was never forgotten. Police Commissioner Daniel Outlaw today recognizing the decades-long effort to identify the boy we now know as Joseph Augustus Zarelli, but who for 65 years was known as the boy in the box and America's unknown child. This child's tragic story was always remembered by the community, the Philadelphia Police Department and our partners. From the moment little Joseph's body was found discarded in the woods in the city's Fox Chase neighborhood, Philly police has worked tirelessly to identify the boy. But it wasn't until the advancement of DNA that police were able to work with a genealogist, Misty Gillis, to get an ID for the boy. We build out genetic networks of the biological cousins of the DNA sample, and we look for where those genetic connections marry into each other, and we build down the family tree. From there, Misty worked with police to help confirm familial connections. There was a lot of legwork on the detective side and a lot of cl uh, collaboration between us on giving them tips on who to speak to and what DNA profiles would help me. Ultimately, they found both biological parents and then a birth certificate for the boy. What was that moment like when you got the name? Tearful. It was very tearful. I, I felt very relieved. I grieved for him and it was very emotional, but it was such a rewarding moment too. And Tracy and Jackie, police aren't identifying the boy's parents or siblings, but sources tell us, or I'm sorry, the investigation is continuing into what actually happened mm -hmm. to the boy that led to his death. And coming up at five, we'll look at the generation of detectives who've spent decades working on the case. She was about to spill the shit. She caught mm -hmm. herself. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so it just amazes me. Why didn't the parents report him missing? Because they did it. Yeah. It, I hit. All right. So here's my take. Kid looks a little special. Mm -hmm. Which could be extremely challenging for parents. Especially in those times. In those times, they, they it was know. very normal just to send them to a school and be done with yep. it. Yeah. Or ship them to a farm. All that shit happened in the 50s. Mm -hmm. um, the Kennedys did it. Yeah. Gave, him, so, gave Rose a lobotomy. Really, that's what I think happened. He, I don't know. To me, from the pictures, they're not really pictures of him, but yeah. looks a little like it could have been maybe a little on the spectrum, and that's what they did to you back then. It's just yeah. Excuse me. Um. Yeah. It's but it's just amazing the science like they were able to track his parents down and his birth certificate. Like mm -hmm. that gives me chills thinking about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, um, all right. So let me just cruise through my Seattle because I don't want to talk about what they already talked about. So, yeah, they talked that um, they had said that he was from the Delaware Valley. And actually, they're saying it was from a prominent family. So that could play into your theory. Mm -hmm. You know, they they Kennedy'd him. Yeah, you care um, too much about the last name that the first name doesn't matter. Right, right. Um, yeah, so Joseph August Zarelli. Um, you know, if he was alive today, he would have been 71. Um, wow, they actually, that's crazy. Yeah, they uh, actually, his birthday just passed November 13th. So we might have uh, to take a drive up and see the. Yeah, you can lot. drive. I don't like driving in Philly. So it's the outskirts. <laughs> We're fine. I still, I don't like Philly. Please. Uh, when I was going to Atlantic City, I took the wrong exit. I did. I got off of 476 and I ended up like. By the hospital there, um, I don't know why, but on South Street, my cheeks were puckering because I don't like. <laughs> I I'm not a city driver like a you, you know, would hate city. my fucking job, bro. <laughs> I, I I would I would I would not want to do your job. I mean, I'll go to Alaska or Kansas or something like that, but not like Midtown Manhattan or anything. All the like, time. Oh no. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a tr trip we could take, you know, and grab some grub somewhere. Go yeah. to Dave and Buster's. Um, they have the good Dave and Buster's. They do. That's they the do. best one. It really is. It's the biggest. Saw, it has the most shit. That one on that pier is fucking outstanding. I went to the one on pier, gosh, 13 years ago. The one here in Allentown sucks balls. Yeah. They're all mini more. versions now. We have one yeah. over in Blackwood. And there's one in Lancaster City now, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it just opened up or, yeah, at the old 4040. 
Um, all right, so all right, all right. So theories, the foster home, the foster home. This theory concerns a foster home that was located approximately a mile and a half from the site of the body. In 1960, Remington Bristow, an employee of the medical examiner's office who dodgily pursued the case until his death in 1993, contacted a New Jersey psychic who told him to look for a house that matched the foster home. When the psychic was brought to the Philadelphia Discovery site, she led Bristow directly to the foster home. Upon attending an estate sale at the foster home, Bristow discovered a bassinet similar to the one sold at J.C. Penney. He also discovered blankets hanging on the clothesline that were similar to the one in which the boy's body had been wrapped when they discovered him. Bristow believed that the boy was the son of the stepdaughter of the man who ran. Hold on, the son of the stepdaughter of the man who ran the foster home. All right, so that would be his step grandkid. <laughs> okay. Right? Uh, yeah. I, I think so. <laughs> Even reading it. I kind of <laughs> uh, and that they disposed of his body so the stepdaughter would not be exposed as an unwed mother. Could be. Um, 50s, could be. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. However, the police established that all the foster children were accounted for and a re-examination by police investigators confirmed that the family were likely not involved. Yeah, but 19... I mean, how hard is it to hide the fucking files in 1957? You don't have Correct. a computer backup. Who and knows police... if the police even had a fucking record of the files? Correct. And police work, you know, I mean, police do a great job, but through the years they evolve. Yeah. And they may have done, you know, may have messed up. In 1998, Philadelphia Police Lieutenant Tom Augustine, who was in charge of the investigation, and several members of the Vidoc Society, a group of retired policemen and profilers, interviewed the foster father and the stepdaughter whom he had married. Ooh. The foster home investigation was closed. <laughs> oh. I would have left it open just on that last statement. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> but it's let's the, talk about the Vidoc Society. That's pretty cool. I never heard about them before. I actually, I think I've only heard of Vidoc maybe watching movies or something. Now is that just Philly or is that national? I I don't know. Um, I, let's let's see. Let me go on Google really quick. Let's see. Because I mean, that's kind of cool that like these guys are still looking at cases that bothered them when they were cops. That means they gave a shit. There is a website, and you could become a member, the Vidoc Society, Vidoc.org. Let's see. Oh, .org, it's probably national. Yeah, off of, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, like, on the About Us, and there's, like, a lot of stuff. So something we could look into. Maybe we can become members. Yeah. There you go. You're a demonologist, and I'm a Vidoc person. All right. So let me just get back to my YouTube here. Okay. So... Excuse me. Uh, the woman known as Martha or M. Another theory was brought forward in February 2002 by a woman identified only as Martha or M, accusing her mother of acquiring and killing the child. Police considered her story to be plausible, but were troubled by her testimony as she had a history of mental illness. She said that her mother and father purchased a boy named Jonathan, whom she claimed was the boy in the box, later positively identified as uh, Joseph. Um, excuse me, from his birth parents in the summer of 1954, after which he was beaten to death and his body left abandoned inside a box outside of town. Police were unable to verify her story. Neighbors who had access to Martha's house during the stated time period denied that there had been a young boy living there and dismissed Martha's claims as ridiculous. Mm, sounds Other... far-fetched for me. Yeah. 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 Other theories. Forensic artist Frank Bender developed a theory that the victim may have been raised as a girl. Is this, uh, uh, what's that movie? Sleepaway Camp. The child's unprofessional haircut, which appeared to have been performed in haste, was a basis for this scenario, as well as the appearance of the eyebrows having been styled. In 2008, Bender released a sketch of an unidentified child with long hair, reflecting the strands found on the body. In 2016, two writers, one from Los Angeles, California, Jim Hoffman, and the other from New Jersey, Louis Romano, believed they had discovered a potential identity from Memphis, Tennessee, and requested that DNA be compared between the family members and child. The lead was originally discovered by a Philadelphia man who introduced <laughs> Romano and Hoffman to each other. 
and was developed and presented with the shop of Hoffman to the Philadelphia Police Department and the Vidoc Society in early 2013. In December 2013, Romano became aware of the lead and agreed to help the man from Philadelphia and Hoffman to obtain the DNA from this particular family member in January 2014, which was sent quickly to Philadelphia Police Department. Local authorities confirmed that they would investigate the lead, but said they would need to do more research on the circumstances surrounding the link to Memphis before comparing DNA. In December 2017, Homicide Sergeant Bob Kohlmeyer confirmed that DNA taken from the Memphis man was compared to the Fox Chase boy, and there was no connection they had talked about in the video. All right, so burial. Joseph was originally buried in a potter's field in 1998. He was reburied at Ivy Hill Cemetery in Cedar Brook, Philadelphia, which donated a large plot. And he does have a nice size. It plot. is. It's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. The coffin, headstone and funeral service were donated by the son of the man who had buried the boy in 1957. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. There was significant public attendance and media coverage at the reburial. City residents keep the grave decorated with flowers and toys. The large headstone, when first installed, contained the words America's Unknown Child with a plaque underneath reading, Heavenly Father, bless this unknown boy. On January 13th, 2023, which would have been Joseph's 70th birthday, a new memorial containing his full name and image was unveiled, along with the addition of his name to the existing headstone. So, yeah, you have the main headstone. And then if you're looking at the headstone, off to your left is like the new memorial with it. Oh, that's good. All right. So... Well, you want to play the birthday celebration? Yeah, let's do that. And we'll get in. We'll close it out. Family members, along with people from the community, gathered at Ivy Hill Cemetery in Cedarbrook to remember what would have been August Joseph Augustus Zarelli's 71st birthday. Next month marks 67 years since the remains of the four-year-old boy were discovered. At the time, he became known as the boy in the box. It was in December of 2022 when he was finally identified as Joseph Zarelli. All right, that was courtesy of ABC. Guys, thank you for letting us borrow your video. Mm -hmm. um a beautiful headstone like i just we were just talking about that they couldn't hear i love black tombstones the marble yeah black, they're mm -hmm. absolutely gorgeous yeah it stands it makes out. me want to be buried you know that's i haven't decided on what i want yet still i you know i always go back and forth i i don't know because like i think about like the kids right um if everything worked out i'm younger than terry so like Terry would probably pass before me. I know this is a real morbid conversation, but it's shit you got to think about. Um, so for the kids, like, do I want to be in an urn for them to have, or like a place where they can go to come say hi? You know what I mean? Like, I don't that, know. Yeah, my mom wants to be um, cremated. That was like always a discussion I had with her, but I'm like, I want to come visit you and talk with you. Yeah, and I, and then she's like, well, you can. You know, there's the my remains, and I, and I was young, and I didn't think about it at the time. But then I'm thinking, shit, no, I don't want a haunting in my house. You know, so <laughs> I don't know what I want. Like, there's so many different things. Like in New York, Dave Brown was telling me there's there's another way to cremate you, but they do it with water, and the way they do it, like because New York's so populated, and it's like this new thing now, and it's like like a they pressure you down. Think, think of you know how like when the mob will kill you and they put you in an acid bath yeah sort of something like that but not that it's something different but yeah it's like a new thing now hmm. so yeah i don't know i don't know do i want to donate my body to science but i thought then, about that too yeah i'm definitely an organ donor take it all oh me too yep. um yep. yeah there's no point if i can help people see better you probably don't want my lungs but my liver's strong as shit yeah yeah me too uh you don't want my eyes <laughs> well if you're blind glasses yeah. are fine you know what I mean? yeah true true that that would be weird if you're blind i mean like do, do i never heard I, i'm sure it might have been experimented but if i was a blind person would and i gave them my or someone gave me their eyes would i be able to see depends on yeah the surgery like how good we get with that shit yeah yeah, that's things that make you go. Hmm, I'm gonna look that up. Well, they I just saw an announcement that they have a, a external kidney. Right, like, really? Yeah, it's Ooh. something that like attaches to your back and it's external, so like it can be worked on. 
But yeah, but what if someone came up to you and like unplugged you or something? You know, I don't, it, it, I'm sure it's secure, but yeah, USB, I read something. I think so, dude. Like honestly, <laughs> it was like an external kidney. It was very weird. Jeez, science. Hey, yeah. we could do it. Do it. Yeah. All right. So, homicide investigation and developments following identification. At a December 2022 press conference, Philadelphia Police Commissioner Outlaw. That's a horrible. That's an awesome <laughs> name for a commissioner. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> he probably worked his ass off forever just to be the commissioner outlaw. <laughs> um, he stated that Joseph's death is still an active homicide investigation, and we still need the public's help. Law enforcement reported at the same conference that both of Joseph's biological parents are deceased. Well, yeah. They'd be 140 or something. <laughs> but the child has living half siblings at the same december 2022 press conference philadelphia law enforcement stated that joseph had lived in the area of 61st and market street i don't know what the neighbors knew or didn't know said the head of the philadelphia police homicide unit captain jason smith at the conference the child did live past the age of four years old so there would have been somebody out there that would have seen this child perhaps another family member that hasn't stepped forward possibly a neighbor that rem the neighbors would be all be dead um, remember seeing the, the child and remembers whatever was occurring at the particular household. You would think like if there was, okay, say you had a, a neighbor's son that was 10 at the time, they would have been born in 1947. They're up there in years. So anyone younger, they may not remember him. Yeah. You know, uh, in January, 2023, NBC 10 Philadelphia reported that Joseph was born to a couple that lived at 64th and Callow Hill. Although the channel stated it was unclear if he lived there long enough for people to even notice him. In January 2023, the Philadelphia Inquirer reported that Joseph's biological parents were Augustus John Zarelli, known as Gus, and Mary Elizabeth Plunkett, known as Betsy. And that is the story. That is the story. Now, speaking of kids in the neighborhood, it is a rural area, but odds are people have kids in the area. Some other yeah. kids have played with this kid. Because mm -hmm. there wasn't shit to do in the 50s. The kid wasn't sitting at home playing Xbox. So the kid yeah. was outside playing. Someone game, knew yeah. this kid. So I think yeah. it's really weird that like police didn't talk to any neighborhood kids. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the, oh, it was also the 50s. The kids were seen, not heard. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, yeah but... Uh... It's great that he finally got a sort of happy ending part. Yeah. You know, that scumbag. I mean, they're long gone now, but, you know, it just makes you wonder, was it one person? Was it two? Was it his parents? Like you think, you know, um, was it neighborhood kids? Yeah. Like the case yeah, with the Atlantic City boy. Is that the one that was on Unsolved Mysteries? No, we did that one. The Atlantic City boy. Yeah, didn't we do that case already? No, we didn't do that one. Are you sure? The only Lang City one that we did was the the prostitute. Murder. We got another show coming then. <laughs> um, is this the one that was the the, the, the son you know of the what? Cop? I think I did it on the haunts a long time did. ago. Let's look at our videos here. We, I, I bet you any amount of money we didn't do it. I don't think we did. Mm. No, we didn't. All right, we'll have to do that. Yeah, uh, we'll have to talk our schedule because, uh, you know, speaking of our schedule, uh, you know, last week we had a great conversation with Amy, um, the shape of at the shape of Amy on Instagram. Thank you for coming on. Yes, thank um, you. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I want to continue. Um, the cosplay conversations with the females and the next person that we're going to have on, I just got to talk with Jared about the scheduling. Um, so the next person I have lined up would be, ooh, I don't, I got to go into my thing. I don't think I had it for next week, but um, the first week of February, I have someone lined up. Um, February. Hmm. I gotta go crap. Okay. So I got I got one, two, two people lined up. One um macabre candy is one, 
uh, lipstick and roses is another. Oh, um, four total. Okay. Um, um, another person I can't think of her screen name right now on Instagram, but she does a killer Reagan huh. Valak and something else. I'll, I'll send you the pictures. And then a cosplay couple, but the the girlfriend and wife reached out to me. I met them. They go to months, uh, NJ Harkon a lot. Lydia and Beetlejuice. Okay. Yeah. So and she does some other things. So I got to go back and look at my notes, but I did start putting dates down, so I don't, you know. But uh, so yeah. But um, yeah. The uh, Atlantic City, uh, it's still unsolved. Uh, Gary Grant Jr. And he wasn't the son of the cop. Yeah, he's the son of the cop. That's the Unsolved yeah. Mysteries one. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, watching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought okay. we did that already. Mm-mm, All right, we'll mm-mm. have to hop into it. I got a, a lot of stuff for that. Yeah, I'll go back and watch the Unsolved. I remember watching the Unsolved Mysteries like when it first came out. Yeah. yeah. And then I watched it again on Tubi. So I'll have to watch yeah. it again. I don't remember. Awesome. So, yeah, so we'll either have a, a cosplayer, cosplayer or next... more true crime. More true crime. Um, Jared, people have been asking, when are we going to be doing this filming location? We're we're month? working on it. Um, <laughs> soon. Let's get the Valentine's haul out of the way, then we'll nail it. My, right. I just bought it on DVD, so I can use that to pull some stuff. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, that took forever to get here. Um, whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, the haunt. After you listen to this, head over there. I have a secret interview coming. Ooh. Speaking of haunts, I was blown away. I haven't fully watched it yet, but the the girl from Field of Screams, the one that doesn't wear the shoes. Yes, I was totally blown away about what she, how she really looks, like out of costume. Oh, so was Terry. It was funny. Not what I expected. Now, <laughs> I didn't get very far into it. The is that a mask she wears when she's at field, or is that makeup? Uh she does both. Okay. Yeah, not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, she's um she's awesome. Uh, yeah. We went to friend of ours' birthday party, okay. ran into her. She gave me a big hug. I gave her a hug. She goes, I'm Brandy. I'm like, I know who you are. And uh, Terry didn't. So we're sitting at the table next to them, and I go to Terry. I'm like, who's that blonde? Because I know who she is. She's like, I don't know. I'm like, you know exactly who she is. You met her like 15 times. What? I'm like, yeah, you know her. So then I'm like, that's breezy. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, she's like, she's wow. been a staple for us at Field. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love talking she, to her. I, yeah, I got to watch it because I want to know what she does to prepare her feet. She just like, goes barefoot, bro. I get like tingles thinking about it because when I was younger, we had a rock driveway. Mm-hmm. I could walk that driveway no problem. But as I got older, I'm like a tenderfoot. Hey, you you know? just became a pussy that time. Pretty much. Like, oh, man, I'm getting like, oh, thinking about it. Um, yeah, so um, I don't know if I got anything cool. Oh, oh, I got, I'm not sure if I did, did I say this on the last uh, podcast, something cool. Um, I got uh, the making of Sleepaway Camp hardback cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the vinyl soundtrack for 35 bucks. Perfect. And it's auto, it's autographed by the um the book is autographed by like the author. Awesome. Thirty five bucks. Yeah, you can't, can't beat, beat it. That. No, you can't beat it at all. So that's like my newest acquisition. Uh, but yeah, great episode, Jared. It's great. You know, I'm hell yeah. Glad we're getting back into the swing of things. We are. We'll get there. Um, next week I'll we'll reach out to you. And we'll try and figure some shit out. I I'm I'm local, but I have to stay overnight at two spots. So later in the week we should be okay. Yeah, if we do a, um, if we're recording with a, a cosplay uh, actress, uh, I think Fridays would work the best for you. That way, if you're, you know, um, yeah, as long out. as it's eight, so I can pick up the kids, get dinner done, and hop on. Yeah, she's like, I think it's called She's Psychotic, the Reagan. She's in California. Wow, so but she's she, three. But, but she says the Fridays are the best days for her. Okay. Yeah. All righty. All right, we'll work on that. All right, right, guys, this has been the Horror Shed Podcast. We're out every Monday. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow us on the the social media, and uh, we'll see you next Monday. Tell your friends, too. Tell your friends, your mom, your (laughs) aunt, your baby daddy. Tell them all. We'll see you guys next Monday.
Halloween Haunts 365 Productions.